And right now, it's time to cash checks and have sex, man. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sunday Puncher Podcast. Wow. We had a pay-per-view fight last night, Tom. Um, good to have you back. My name is Angelo. I am the host, and let's get right into this. You know, 2019 is already looking to be the year of the upset, and I don't know that anybody's really like paying attention this closely, but if you look at the four cards that we've had so far this year, in each of the four cards, either the main event or the co-main event was upset. Now, Someday, probably not right now, but someday we'll get into why that is. Are we seeing better matchmaking? Um, are these fighters that are, we're now seeing being put in these main event positions, are they just not good because of the dilution of boxing? That's a really interesting topic, but not quite as interesting as Manny Pacquiao facing Adrian Broner. Manny Pacquiao wins a unanimous decision last night over Adrian Broner, conclusive a uh, very decisive victory. Tremendous chess match. Manny Pacquiao beats Adrian Broner. And uh, just before we get into you know the actual questions, the actual topics that we've created um, to discuss the fight, let's just get a general takeaway from the fight. Like just some general thoughts. What do you got? Um, <laughs> I think Pacquiao to some extent is back as a marketable product. Um, the event underwhelmed for me personally, you know, I had been talking it up and I felt like it was kind of, uh, the worst version of what the event could be in some ways, although there were certainly a bunch of fun headlines that came out of it. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it as far as my, my very, very surface level. What about you? Um, I look, it went exactly how I predicted it would go. I, I thought that each fight had good potential to go to the dis go the distance and those are like the worst kind of pay-per-view um events when every fight goes the distance those tend to be <laughs> not so entertaining as this one was and it went just as predicted i think specifically in regards to the pacquiao and broner fight um it went just like i thought it would go pacquiao would throw more punches broner would throw fewer punches and pacquiao would win a decision and you know one of the things that I'm not seeing discussed, and part of it is because Adrian Broner's such a heel, and his post-fight um, interview was exactly what needed to be done in order to keep his name being talked about more than Pacquiao's at the end of the day. Right, yeah, we'll get more into that. If Badu Jack didn't suffer such a terrible cut, you know, the real storyline is that Badu Jack was worse than Adrian Broner last night. Like, by a, by a large amount, it, Badu Jack was worse than Broner. And, but one other thing is that Manny Pacquiao, as a fighter, and this is, like, super obvious to say, but, like, he's really not the same guy that he once was. And one of the most telling things is, like, the bounce in his step is gone. Pacquiao is flat-footed. He doesn't bounce around the ring anymore. Um, there's very little movement. When there was, it's usually when he's going into an attack. But at for the most part, Pacquiao doesn't have that pressuring pace anymore that can um, that can really push the 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 pace of a fight. I guess is uh, is the best way to say that. 
Um, you have any other general thoughts before we get into this? Yeah, well, so if we're on, I mean, should I start talking about the first fight, or is that still? No, should I get into the first just topic? General or? thoughts. I think yeah, you yeah. To I say, think I'm good. Um, I think we can get. I'm ready to get deeper into Broner Pacquiao. I think. Okay, so the first question, and this is what's I think the biggest talking point from the fight. It's not that Manny Pacquiao's back. It's not. It's not even Floyd Mayweather. It's do you have a problem with Adrian Broner thinking and saying he won the fight? Um, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's a funny question. I mean, Broner did not win the fight. I mean, I think of any controversial decisions that we've had in the last year. I mean, this is not one of them. I, I, <laughs> I had Broner deserving to win two or three rounds four at the most. I was surprised, surprised the judges even gave it that wide. So look, Broner cut an excellent heel promo to Jim Gray. That's not the same thing as actually believing he won. You know, Broner knows what he brings to the table. Uh, his product is as much about uh, or more about his persona and the controversy he, he can create as anything that he's doing in the boxing ring. His, you know, some fighters, their brand. I mean, speaking of Lomachenko, Lomachenko, there is no personality involved. It's 100 percent, you know, <laughs> tune in and see what, like five pound minutes for pound the podcast boxing. And already we're going at Lomachenko. All right. Um, well, again, I'm I'm speaking up in terms of his boxing ability, though. You know, that's what he's selling. Broner completely the opposite, which is also why in the build up to the fight, we were saying like a lot of fans on Reddit were, were turning up their nose. But there is a lot of uh, mainstream support that that hardcore fans were not understanding for this. So, yeah, Broner knows his, you know, he knows what he brings to the table. He knows his product. So on Saturday night, that was as much about what was on his trunks, what he was saying in his promo after the fight as it was uh, what he did in the ring. So he knew exactly what he was doing. And like I said, that's not the same thing as actually believing he won. Seems to be a recurring thing. Fans, um, the, the boxing media, you know, the Twitter, the, the Reddit, like those worlds, really that perspective, not lining up with the mainstream one. I mean, look at social media. I, I mean, your wife actually is a pretty good anecdote of that where, um, what was she <laughs> responding to? The, those the Broner memes, right? Yeah, basically, yeah. It was like she and her friends wanted to know what these Broner memes were about. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's it's funny. I'll just speak quickly to that. I mean, um, in the build up to the fight, uh, I didn't see a lot of stuff around Twitter. Definitely not on the usual channels on like Reddit or Facebook. Like much less so than a pay per view, and not even a high amount for like a premium cable show. But after the fight, my timeline flipped, and like you know, Instagram, Twitter everything was dominated by it. Like earlier on Friday night or on Saturday night, saw a lot of stuff about the UFC show. And then like everything then afterwards was about, you know, the, the blood, uh, the, you know, again, the Broner memes, <laughs> stuff about the hood or, or in God and I'm, um, so yeah, it, it did really take over. Um, we'll see how that translates into buy rate, but anyway, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. So, I mean, did, that that's why this fight, I believe would sell well because um, Broner reaches a demographic that is not is there's very little overlap with the actual boxing um, the usual boxing community uh, and we're seeing it through those memes I mean those aren't the normal memes we see when a, a fighter does something and um, look Broner that was a good point Broner knows what he's selling and he's for damn sure 
not selling that he's a pound-for-pound fighter. Broner's selling that he's going to make you laugh. He's going to make you hate him. He's going he's gonna to make you feel something. Now, that feeling won't be impressed at how good he is in the ring, but he's a great opponent. And that's why Broner was the, like, they could have picked a lot of other fighters for Manny Pacquiao to face, but they picked Adrian Broner. Um, That first fight could have easily been Mikey Garcia, but it wouldn't have sold like an Adrian Broner fight. And as far as addressing the question of, do I have a problem with Adrian Broner thinking he won the fight? No, not at all. I think the reaction to Broner thinking he won the fight is ridiculous. Like, if you have a problem with Broner thinking that he won the fight, I think you're the one who's actually crazy. It's not Broner. Yeah, I, I'm amazed at, at how many people took the bait. You know, it's, like, how exactly many people within is. the world of boxing are like, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I'm astounded at how many people don't get it. I mean, yeah, I don't get everyone being upset, like, but I can, I can understand it, you know? If you look at the landscape of the social media and and basically like the world right now like nobody wants to hear differing opinions like whether that be um a fighter thinking that he want to fight that you disagree with or a judge thinking that a fighter want to fight that you disagree with or someone talking on twitter about politics that you disagree with um if you don't echo essentially what other people want to hear what's a popular sentiment like people immediately just kill you for it And the reality of this situation and why specifically I don't have a problem with it is because fighters are looking from a very specific point of view. Do you know what it is? It's not objective. And if you think it's objective, you're dumb. It's their point of view. And they're looking from like what they're doing to have success. If they're able to execute their game plan, in reality to them, they're winning. Now, Obviously, we're looking from a completely different perspective, and in no way do I think Adrian Broner won that fight. You know, let's make that clear. I'm not making the case that Broner won. I'm making the case that he's not that crazy. Sure, he didn't win the fight, and I think he's wrong in saying that, but I don't have a problem with him thinking that. Um, That singular point of view is very biased. So he's justified in the way he feels. It just doesn't make it true. But I'm not upset that he feels that way. I mean, look. Well, and in the post, I don't think he actually feels that way. Is the main point. Uh, I don't know. He might. He might not. But who cares? Like Manny Pacquiao thought he beat Floyd Mayweather. Manny Pacquiao won two rounds against Floyd Mayweather. Adrian Broner won more rounds against Manny Pacquiao. That's a fact. And Manny Pacquiao said after the fight, "I thought I won the fight." And I'm cool with Pacquiao thinking that because in his in his idea, he had Floyd on the back foot. If Floyd was on the back foot, that meant that he must, must have been pushing the pace. Therefore, he must have been winning the fight. Now, he didn't do anything, but <clears throat> it's fine with me. Like, Adrian Broner's opinion doesn't change the fact that he lost the fight. Okay, so he can say what he wants, and I'm just going to ignore it. He's not wrong. He can say what he wants. He's got an opinion. He's allowed to have one. And at the very least, you can just laugh at that and just move on. Because I think the story should be talking about Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Manny Pacquiao then? Uh, yeah. Um, Let's segue. So, yeah. Um, what, what were your main takeaways as far as Pacquiao and where he fits into the competitive landscape? Um, well, 
So, realistically, he's in the top six at welterweight. He's probably number six. I can, I'll hear out an argument for number five. Like, there's a myth in welterweight that it's some, like, super deep division. But I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Like, it's top-heavy. It's got popular names. You look at the top, you got Thurman, you got Spence, you got Crawford, you got Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. But, like, after that, you got, like, the 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 Kavalaskases and the Cujutillos and the Laharagas and Amir Khan and your Dennis Ugas. Like, you got these guys. I'm not convinced that any of those guys can beat Manny Pacquiao. So, Manny Pacquiao's probably in the top six in the division. What about you? Yeah, so I think coming out of the Jeff Horn fight, um, especially the aftermath after that and just how long it took for him to get back into the ring again, I think... Pacquiao is viewed as being like washed up, meaning hardcore fans just wrote him off. I mean, we talked a lot about how Broner was both overrated and underrated. You know, he's not a complete bum, but he's not a pound for pound level talent. He's somewhere at the lower lower end of the, the world class spectrum. And, you know, I think this was a reminder of what Pacquiao has left. Um, Pacquiao had surprising, you know, enough quickness and power to make Broner tentative. He hurt him a few times, um, which again, it's like Broner, not a pound for pound level guy, but you know, it means something that he was able to put on that level of performance. I mean, he did better than Jesse Vargas did, for instance, you know, whatever that means. So yeah, regarding the ranking, I think, um, I think your take is just about right. I mean, I think, um, both me personally and the perspective of fans, I think is that Thurman, Spence, and Crawford would still probably blow him out. I think a lot of hardcore fans wouldn't view that as being competitive, or I wouldn't. Um, Thurman and Porter probably viewed as being decision-type fights that I think those guys would still be favored in. After that, yeah, it really falls off. I mean, look, I could say Ugas would beat him, um, but that's that's really subjective. You know, so many of those guys are untested. We really don't know how much they have, and we won't know enough until we see... Uh, Broner in with them. I mean, look, like we've already seen Sean Porter dominate Broner. Okay, Pacquiao dominated him also. Like, what do you do with that? Like, you know, can you easily say that Porter would beat Pacquiao or vice versa? I mean, I think it was the exact right opponent for that reason because it really opens up Pacquiao to a lot of things. I mean, regarding the the mainstream perception, I think there would be a lot of mainstream fans who still would think. Pacquiao is just leagues ahead, even at this advanced age, you know, just just there are classes in boxing that he would still be leagues ahead of Thurman or Spence or Crawford, potentially. I mean, there, there are mainstream fans who would feel that way. And certainly when you, you look at a Sean Porter or Danny Garcia, there are a lot of people who would view it that way. So again, just brilliant, brilliant, you know, fit with Broner in this fight. I mean, Pacquiao did something. He didn't do that much. I mean, there were a lot of moments in the fight where he was just moving his hands without really landing anything and the crowd was going wild. I mean, you know, Broner is such a heel, (laughs) you know, especially with the way things ended after the fight. I mean, the main takeaway is people will say, oh, Pacquiao, you know, dominated Broner. Um, True to some extent, not true to some extent. And what that means is really up to the interpretation of the fans. And that's really the key thing because they can paint so many narratives onto this now. Well, I'm curious what fan base you're talking about because here's something that we should talk about. There's two worlds of boxing fans. There's the world of boxing fans who actually order the pay-per-view. And then there's the people talking on Twitter and on Reddit. 
how do these guys feel? You know, there's a there's a distinction that needs to be made. And um, I think the, the perceptions are really different. I think if you order the pay-per-view, a lot of like, and I'm not, I'm generalizing for sure here. So I'm not speaking to every single person who ordered the pay-per-view, but there's a large subset, per, perhaps a majority of the people who ordered it, whose logic after this fight would be that Manny Pacquiao is back, that Manny Pacquiao is competitive with any welterweight, that this Manny Pacquiao reminded you of the guy who, while he didn't score knockdowns or knock Adrian Broner out, he was reminiscent of the Manny Pacquiao that they remember from 2009 or whatever, the guy who beat Miguel Cotto. Now, add to that that Manny Pacquiao appeared to hurt Broner a few times. I believe for sure we heard him twice because Broner said that in the post-fight press conference, but it looked like there were other times, and it even looked like at a point that that maybe he could have stopped him. But then you have the people on, on the internet who, like you said, probably feel that and know that Manny, well, I say no because I, I'm one of these people who believes that, but that Manny Pacquiao is no longer Manny Pacquiao. After the Jeff Horn fight, that he's just no longer the same guy. And I and I pointed to earlier in my observation of his footwork that very likely that, that we will not ever see that Manny Pacquiao again. And even the power, um, it, it just doesn't seem to be there. It's still very fast, though. There's That's one thing um, you can't take away from Pacquiao is the speed is still there. But, you know, I, I wonder what the different perceptions are of... Um, of where Manny Pacquiao ranks, um, I, my my assumption is that one group has him close to the top, and the other one has him right in the middle of the pack. And I disagree with you that Thurman's a decision fight, and I also disagree with you that Sean Porter's a decision fight. Um, I don't think that there's. I, I think it's a safe prediction, but I I can see Thurman stopping Pacquiao. I can see uh, Porter stopping him too. Um, Pacquiao. It's just so clear at this point, Pacquiao will struggle. Well, by the way, with just guys. to be clear, I said Thurman was a, a knockout. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll take that. Or at least said he would dominate. Yeah. I, the, the Danny two Garcia's classes decision. Had, yeah, Danny Garcia and Porter I lumped together. Okay. Thurman, Spence, and Crawford I lumped together. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but it's really clear that Manny Pacquiao can easily get bullied. I mean, Broner, we know, was a tiny welterweight. And Pacquiao was like the same size as him. Uh, and look, this isn't like a newsflash. We know Manny Pacquiao is small for welterweight, but like Porter's so physical. Um, I could see him getting in there and really roughing Pacquiao up. Um, that oh, oh, And that'll be a fight with like multiple head clashes for sure. Um, do you think Adrian Broner's done? No, he's not done. I mean... <laughs> You'll <laughs> never kill Adrian Broner. I mean, look, uh, if if Amir Khan has a pay-per-view coming up with Terrence Crawford, <laughs> Broner is not done. I mean, Broner has not been at the pound-for-pound level for a long time. Um, the Ring magazine once had Adrian Broner in their top 10 pound-for-pound. Pound. Yeah. Ring. That's why I which, don't regard them with any regard, actually. Well, I, I mean, there was a time where there was an argument for Broner, but it really fell out the window as soon as he went up to 147, you know? But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess actually, well, probably not, because he, prior to that, hadn't really done enough to deserve that, and then after that, yeah, he absolutely, <laughs> there was no no argument to be had in any way. But, yeah, um, 
Broner, look, I already gave my long explanation about his promo after the fight. Uh, Broner's marketability is still there. And I mean, even just in the immediate future, like he's got to fight. Uh, Omar Figueroa is fighting John Molina. He could easily fight the, the winner, especially if it's Omar Figueroa, because he already fought John Molina. Um, he's already fought Porter. He's not really realistic in a fight against Thurman. But like Danny Garcia is just coming off uh, losses to Thurman and uh, Porter, you know, with one win over Brandon Rios in between, you know, very easily you could do a Broner fight there. Um, like Broner's going to be around for a long time. I mean, at this point, it's really just a hope that despite the persona that he is actually putting away some money. Um, otherwise, you know, it, it's like yeah, there could be a really long tail to him. I don't know. What, what do you have to say about that? Well, absolutely not as well. I don't think Adrian Broner's done, not by a long shot. And if you're thinking oh, Adrian Broner's done. Like, shouldn't Adrian Broner have been done a long time ago? He, like, look at his resume. He should have been done a long time ago. He's not. He's still here, and he's fight, he, fought, he just fought on pay-per-view. Broner's an attraction. Broner's not trying to compete with Terrence Crawford for the top of the pound-for-pound pound list. Adrian Broner's about cashing checks, and what he does, what he has to do is he's got to run his mouth. He's got to run his mouth, Get people in the building. That's Broner's job. Like, he's the top pound-for-pound, or at least amongst the top pound-for-pound in boxing at doing that. And as long as he can do that, he will not be done. He will still get fights. He will, like... I mean, if Broner got cut by PBC, you think that there wouldn't be a bidding war between ESPN and Dazen to sign Broner? The guy gets people to show up for fights. So, that's what's needed in boxing. That's what everyone wants. And, like... Unfortunately, being able to talk doesn't mean you can fight, but that's fine. Um, as long as Broner can still do that, Broner will will be able to sell buildings or sell, not sell buildings. Um, it's not a commercial real estate <laughs> broker. Uh, he'll, he'll still be able to um, sell fights. So no, Adrian Broner's not done. I think we'll still see, like your suggestion of, a, of an Omar Figueroa fight. I think that's a pretty sound one. I think um, yeah, really they were already supposed to, to fight. fight each other before they got in trouble with the law at exactly the same time. Yep. Yeah, look, I think he might take some time off. You could see him fight a much. I mean, when has Broner ever had a tune-up? By the way, I mean, I guess you could say Granados was maybe supposed to be a fight like that, but he's consistently fought very high-level opponents. I mean, look, as much as we've talked about, like, like look at. I mean, Broner has not fought a fighter the level of Andre fought in his last two fights, like in years. You know, um, yeah, because he's, maybe, he's an attraction. Yeah. So, I mean, he has, you know, he's continued to headline. He's continued to fight fairly high level opponents. I mean, I guess some people might dispute some of the opponents he's been in with. But uh, if you go down the list and really look at them, you the know, last very good op- collection of guys. I, but even this isn't even that bad. But the last technically bad opponent Adrian Broner faced was probably Ashley Theophane in like, what, 2000 and. 14, yeah, Theophane. I mean, Theophane was kind of like a spoiler type guy. So I yeah, mean, he's but still... it's not a horrible fight. It's not like a guy who has no chance. Um, it's yeah, it's it's def- it's not like they put him in with Sammy Vasquez, right? Exactly. Or Samuel Vargas. <laughs> or Phil once again, Eddie Hearn calling him Sammy Vargas was the best marketing move. Always known as Samuel Vargas, called him Sammy Vargas. People are still confused about who that fighter is. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, if, I think we'll move on to the next one. 
if Floyd, uh, if Floyd stays retired, yeah, what do you think is next for Manny Pacquiao? So might surprise some people, but I think very realistically we could see him in a pay-per-view against Keith Thurman or Errol Spence. I mean, this is what I was saying about the perception coming out of this Broner fight is going to be totally up for grabs. I mean, I think coming into this and like in the last year or so, people had said, you know, that's a mismatch. Pacquiao's on the retirement circuit, but just, just wait and see, just wait and see what the narrative is in the next few weeks and next few months. I mean, look, Pac apparently got a $10 million guarantee for this fight. Um, if he's getting that much money, I think he'll fight whoever the PBC puts in front of him. And to be more specific, I think he'll put whoever will make the most money. Uh, I think he'll fight whoever will make him the most money. I mean, how often do we see boxers, hear boxers say that? And that's really true. Is just whatever is the most money in the next fight, that is the fight I will take. And, you know, I think, you know, the Spence Garcia winner is probably that. I mean, Thurman's another possibility. Danny Garcia is a very credible pay-per-view. I mean, in terms of, you know, it's very similar level of popularity to Broner, especially if the number for this fight, I mean, we'll talk about that in a bit, but if the number for this fight ends up being pretty good, we could see him fight Danny Garcia or, you know, if it's really good, we could see him fight a much lower level of opponent that he's really guaranteed to win against. Um, I mean, it will be interesting to see what what his star level really is. I mean, he was still doing, you know, decent-ish numbers before the PBC put him on ESPN Plus and he lost to Jeff Horn. Uh, or that wasn't ESPN Plus. That, that was, that was a ESPN, PBC excuse me. Yeah. Oh, did I say PBC? Yeah, ESPN, top-ranked ESPN put him on linear ESPN, excuse me. But yeah, so so we'll see what it ends up doing because the PBC has a really deep roster. I think, like I said, the most likely thing is pay-per-view against Thurman or Spence Garcia winner. I think Spence Garcia winner is probably it. Um, I think he'll go for the high money number. And, you know, I, I think that he views himself probably not delusionally that he's good enough to at least compete at that level. I mean, I don't I don't think he views himself as being the guy who's in danger of getting pancaked. Like, you know, a lot of fans think that. I, I don't right. think that's how he views himself. Anyway, no. what about you? What do you think? No, it, I mean, that's just like Adrian Broner doesn't think he lost the fight. Manny Pacquiao doesn't think Spence will knock him out. Like, that's that's the mindset you need to compete at this level. Um, if you don't have that mindset, chances are you're going to get knocked out in the first round like my cousin who turned pro. Um, <laughs> Is that a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. Uh, anyway, um, so I was thinking of something else. I like... As you know, I have like notes for an answer, but like just this just came to me, so I want to throw out some fantasy booking for you. Now, Jorge Linares just lost a fight, but what we know about Jorge Linares in, in that fight was that it was his last fight under contract with Golden Boy. Like, I think if he wouldn't have lost this fight in the first round, a brilliant move for him could have been to sign with PBC. And to fight Manny at some catch weight of like 145. I think that would have been a brilliant move by PBC. And a, and a move that they could put on pay-per-view. It'd be an easy knockout win for, for Manny Pacquiao. Um, I, I like that idea. Unfortunately, Jorge Linares got knocked out in the first round. So that ain't happening. <laughs> Actually, he got stopped. Anyway, so I, I really think if we're looking at what's next for Manny Pacquiao, if Floyd Mayweather isn't in the picture, it depends on whether or not they want to keep Manny Pacquiao on pay-per-view. See, if they need like a huge number on Fox, putting Manny Pacquiao on a fight on Fox 
like that's got to pop higher than 5 million viewers. Like I, I think that's like six or 7 million. I mean, he popped four on ESPN. Fox has got to go way higher than that. They, they market it the right way. Like I, I really think that they are going to consider a regular ESPN uh, easy defense as if this wasn't already an easy defense for Manny Pacquiao. Um, and the opponent's got to matter. It's got to be somebody with a recognizable name. Maybe they can dust Victor Ortiz off. Oh, Jesus. Well, he does have that draw against Devin Alexander. Andre Berto is also floating in the wings. Oh, snap. Yeah. Andre Berto. You you know Andre Berto will come back for that money. Like, last time I talked to Berto, Berto seems real content to not fight. Um, Berto, obviously, with the fight against Floyd Mayweather, in addition to a ton of other fights in his career that brought him a million-plus uh, paydays, I think Berto is sitting pretty and really he's not going to box if he doesn't have to. But an Andre Berto versus Manny Pacquiao fight on Fox, not the most entertaining fight in the world, but a fight that certainly is uh, going to pop a big rating. Um, if they wanted to bring in an opponent and maybe throw Pacquiao just a little bit of a curveball, do, do a little freak show fight, and if Pacquiao loses, then it's fine because the guy's undefeated. I think he's still undefeated. Um, Jamal James. <laughs> he's not undefeated. Lost to Ugas. That's right. Uh, but Jamal James, he's like six something. Um, that would be a terrific, like, just fight to see because Jamal James is, I believe, like six two, something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. six two. Manny Pacquiao's like five four, five five. Like it says, Manny Pacquiao's five six and a half on um, box rec, but I sincerely doubt that. So uh, they're they're going for the the Callum. Uh, not Callum Smith, excuse so Canelo, me. Rocky, Rocky Fielding, Fielding. Canelo, hey, yeah. It, well, I actually, I was going to say it worked, but I don't necessarily know. Uh, the numbers seem to have been pretty low. And uh, so anyway, um, essentially, though, this would set up a pay-per-view with Keith Thurman in the fall. And they both hold WBA titles, so they can, you know, make a fight there. Um, it's possible that they could face some combination of Sergey Lipinitz or, or Lamont Peterson. I'm not confident in that just because the timelines don't seem to match up um it, it would put one of them out of the ring or back in the ring way too short or long so but essentially we're, what we're working towards is that pay-per-view with keith thurman now why well if manny pacquiao beats keith thurman then he has to fight spence assuming spence beats garcia but if Keith Thurman beats Pacquiao, that sets up the Spence pay-per-view. Like, Spence and Thurman will have both gotten a pay-per-view rub, will both have legitimized themselves uh, as pay-per-view attractions, and make that big-time welterweight unification uh, as big as it can be. So I think that's the game plan for Manny Pacquiao. Again, it's a three-fight deal. It's possible that he fights far beyond that. Uh, that'll depend on how he does going from fight to fight. But I think if he sticks true to that three-fight deal, it, it, it'll be a, a, a routine defense in his next one. Someone that's not going to beat him. I mean, you could even do Andre Berto on pay-per-view, by the way. And then... jeez. Oh, we don't know the pay-per-view numbers yet. Yeah. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yeah. And then Thurman in the fall. The pay-per-view numbers should be good. Uh, but if he does rematch Floyd, how big do you think that fight's going to be? I mean, I think it's still a big fight. I think one of the things that people don't really talk about, but you're 
you're, you're at least cognizant of it is the fact that Floyd's never left the spotlight. Right now, Fox is showing a commercial for the Thurman Lopez fight during the game, uh, the Rams and Saints game. Very um, cool. Floyd has never left the spotlight. He's been constantly discussed in the media, whether he's fighting children in Japan or he's <laughs> or he's dropping money at on bets or whatever. He's always in the spotlight, and he he knows just when the right time is to just pop in and let everyone know that Floyd Mayweather still exists. It's still Floyd Money Mayweather TBE whatever, and I think with this win over Broner, I think. Those Pacquiao fans that are still out there, those Floyd haters that are still out there, that still got a little bit of fire in them, that they want to see Floyd lose, and they got hope that Manny Pacquiao could beat him. Like that fire, that little spark is now a real fire again. And they would be convinced to order and see Manny Pacquiao, who still looks good, fight Floyd Mayweather, who no longer fights professional boxers, get that win. So I don't think it's as big, of course, um, but it's still big enough. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have as long of a narrative about it. I just, uh, I think probably between two and four million buys, I think that's probably an easy call to make. Pacquiao is still a huge name. Mayweather's still a huge name. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've whenever this comes up, I have the same answer. You know, the Hearn, Hearns Duran 3 did relatively big numbers. I Excuse me, uh, Leonard Duran 3 did relatively big numbers. Hearn... Uh, Leonard, too, did reasonably big numbers very late in their careers. I mean, there's still marketability here. You know, the thing thing I, I've compared this general topic to is like um, Canelo versus Chavez Jr. Like, that was a fight that had no interest for, to me, and it did over a million buys. You know, granted, Canelo is definitely still a relevant star, but still Chavez Jr. I knew wasn't competitive. I just didn't care. I tried to tell you guys. Yeah, I, yeah, right. <laughs> Again, I... So yeah, regarding this, I think yeah, there's there's still that that's still a huge fight. As much as anyone would pretend to complain, the entire boxing media would go nuts if that fight happened. And uh, you know, again, that's why I said like this this is so open ended. Like it's been so long since we've seen Mayweather fight a boxer. You know, Pacquiao has a knockout in his prior fight, a pretty dominant win against Broner in this fight. I mean, that 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 Another really like commercial for Thurman Lopez. Promoters can knock. Can can not knock, but um, they can project any narrative they want onto this outcome. Yeah, very cool regarding that. I mean, you know, this thing we talked about briefly last week, and you talked about on the the Patreon daily was how good the Caleb Plant ratings were. You know, um, Fox is doing a great job with these promos. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the Thurman numbers are, even even against Lopez. So Tom doesn't know it, but he just made an argument for Crawford Con on pay per view. Um. <laughs> Uh, oh no really yeah you just did uh what about this one how much credit do you give manny pacquiao for winning this fight with a cold i didn't realize he had a cold i don't know i (laughs) didn't see them uh blowing his nose before the fight oh god i i don't know i I simpson was holding the the hanky so manny pacquiao could blow his nose (laughs) do you know who that is look him up Uh, no i don't he's not a good guy he hangs around okay. Pacquiao. He's not a good guy. Nice Easter egg for the podcast. Travis Singsong. Ch- Chavit. Chavit. Chavit Singsong. He's not a good guy. Ah, oh, there it is. Sure. I will enjoy this probably not when we're recording. Yeah, probably not. Probably not the best time. Um, it's possible that the reason why Broner lost this fight. Now, hear me out on this one. It's possible that 
Broner lost this fight because he didn't want to really engage and get too close to Manny Pacquiao because he didn't want to catch the cold. Uh, that's one theory. <laughs> Broner's a hypochondriac that could explain all sorts of things. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Marcus Brown fight. <clears throat> we'll circle back to um, basically the, the whole event in general towards the end of discussing this card. But let's talk about Marcus Brown. He pulled off the upset victory against Badu Jack. He's now the WBA's interim light heavyweight champion. The question is, should the fight have been stopped? We saw Badu Jack leaking blood, looking like this is 1987, and he's Ric Flair just blading himself, like just down to the bone, what it seemed like, just blood gushing everywhere. He was a bloody mess for over half the fight, it seemed like. Um, Tony Weeks looked like he works in a like in a animal slaughtering factory. Should the fight have been stopped? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, uh, Jack was still fighting back. But, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. It, I mean, I think it should have been stopped, like, just, just to be blunt. I mean, um, this is the second worst cut I've ever seen in boxing, I think. What's the, the single uh, A.B. Han versus oh, uh, J. Yeah. Leon Love. Yeah. But they stopped that immediately. Like, Han just, like, collapsed from blood loss, basically. Like, that was, it was absolutely nuts. I mean, if you haven't seen that, look it up. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe they kept this going. I mean, it was just surreal. The amount of blood was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was just a waterfall. And I mean, Jack wanted to keep going. He insisted, you know, he could see and it wasn't above his eyes specifically. But yeah, absolutely horrific. I, I, I could not believe they weren't stopping the fight. I mean, it seems like common sense just didn't prevail. And I mean, he wasn't winning those rounds. I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the thing. He was clearly behind on the cards. So if he did agree to have it stopped because he couldn't see, then it just would have been, you know, accepting defeat. So that that's where really you'd think the ref or the doctor would, would need to step in because you couldn't really expect Jack's corner to cop, stop in that, uh, you know, given that. So Oh, I mean, did you hear his corner? I, I actually thought body of Jack's corner was really bad. Um of all the corners from the night that we heard from, I thought I mean, his they're dealing was with a bad. crazy situation. Is there any are there any specific examples you'd want to call out? Uh, the strategy being to wait for Marcus Brown to get disqualified. I mean, like, okay, that's your strategy. Marcus Brown's going to get disqualified because Badu Jack was leading with his head. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're just dealing with what the hand that's dealt to you. I mean, I, I generally like Jack's. I mean, it's just look, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I saw the notes. We have the same take. I mean, Jack usually comes on in the second half of a fight, and. You know, the opportunity to do that was taken away from him by the cut, you know? I yeah, don't I, agree whatsoever with that. Well, um, now's but a good time that's not the question that, we're yeah. discussing. We're discussing, should the fight have been stopped? And, I, and I'll get you get Yeah, get I went way off on other stuff. So, uh, yes. I, I disagree with you. I can't you expect the, the stopped? corner to stop it, but I think, yeah, the doctor or the ref should have stopped it, yeah. I don't, I don't think it should have been stopped. I think... Would it, I wouldn't have been upset if it was stopped. I wouldn't have cried and said they stopped it early or whatever. It's up to them. But the doctor took a look at that and said, this is fine. He can, he can fight with this. And I, I think because Badu Jack fought so terribly that it <laughs> so made <terrible>. people think <laughs> 
that the the cut was the cause of Jack being behind in the fight. But you said it yourself. Badu Jack was fighting back. Like, Badu Jack, to me, changed absolutely nothing from round one to round 12. He was just as good and just as bad the entire fight. And the cut had nothing to do with it. And the question of whether it should have been stopped had to do more of long-term damage that the cut could have caused, but had zero to do with the fight. And and I think if the the doctors, that's the doctor's decision. And whatever they decided is right to me. And so that's my take. If I'm fine with what the doctor and the referee chose to do. And of course, referees are always um, hesitant to stop a fight, which sounds, uh, let me finish because we have the whole Andrade situation. They're hesitant to stop a fight and force it to go to a technical decision because then they get blamed for for the result. And so, you you know, I I don't have any problem with the fight continuing. Um, if if if, If it was really that bad, the corner should have said something. The corner has every right to talk to the doctor and, and say something about it, but they didn't do it. Uh, and they were more concerned with sending Jack out for another round and making sure that Jack didn't look so bad that the, the ref would want to or the doctor would want to stop it. Um, do you have any response to that? I mean, I think I already had my say on that topic. All right. So, how much does this win mean for Marcus Brown? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. 175 is pretty fractured. Uh, top rank has suddenly started to, to get a nice cluster of guys. You know, they got Kovalev Alvarez, although the, you know, officially that fight's Kovalev still on. We're not part of the prison league. Yeah, we're not sure how that's going to end up with Kovalev's current criminal situation. But as of right now, it's still on. They talked about it on the ESPN Plus broadcast on Friday. Um, you know, they have uh, Vazdik, who has Stevenson's title now. And Zerto apparently is moving up. So they're looking pretty good there. I mean, you also have, um, uh, oh, God, blanking on his name, the the young guy who just owned, just signed. Who would, um, Dimitri Bivol. How yeah, you Bivol. Gonna, how you gonna forget me. the name of the best light heavyweight in the world? Uh, I got a lot, <laughs> a lot of parent stuff going on in my head. But anyway, yeah, Bivol. Oh, come on. Best in the world. Anyway, look, you've got all oh, these God. different guys. They're Don't fighting on start. Di- they're fighting on different networks. Um, I've said this before when this has come up, it's like each one of these guys, it was their obligation in this fraction universe to make a case that they're the best guy. You know, Bivol absolutely did not do that in his last fight. Uh, Alvarez to some extent did that in the Kovalev fight, although I think people are really interested to see how that rematch will go. And Vazdik to some extent did as, did that as well. You know, he got hurt by Stevenson, but he ended up getting, you know, a, a sensational finish, which, you know, has had unfortunately tragic consequences. You know, Brown, like jack didn't have a title but he's really like a fighters uh like a fight fans fighter very respected in the sport put on a very dominant win here uh got huge viral headlines out of it because of the the cut um so it 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 will be interesting to see that said no title so um i think he's made a case for himself i think you'd say he's among the top guys but um you know he's the odd man out he doesn't have a title and top rank has the best collection of guys. DAZN doesn't have really that much going on. Um, but, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Better BF also is with ESPN. Yeah, so they have by yep. far the best situation. Um, Brown, not really clear who he's going to fight, you know. So anyway, your, your thoughts? I think 
it was a good win for Marcus Brown for sure. And he's the interim champ, but like that doesn't mean anything. I don't care about that. Uh, yeah, he's number two with the WBA and the WBC, which means that, uh, or was it number one actually? Uh, so he is in the he has an opportunity to get fights with Vosdick or Bivol, and he said that he wants to fight with Vosdick because uh, Teddy Atlas was talking nonsense, and um, and he's number two with the WBO, which means that he could very likely get himself in position to fight Eliader Alvarez. But most importantly, in winning this fight, what Marcus Brown did was he got his name, like he got a seat at the table. See, before this fight, Marcus Brown didn't really have a path to be included in the group of the top guys at 175. Prior to the fight... Yeah, it wasn't even close. Yeah, like everyone just thought Marcus Brown was a jabroni that should have lost to the hot rod who no one can remember what his actual name is. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that he hasn't fought. You know, he fought once since then and disappeared. Well, it also doesn't doesn't help that he got into some trouble last last uh, last summer, almost joined Kovalev in Kovalev's new um, situation, and <laughs> got removed from that fight thanks to main events or whatever happened. I don't know. Maybe that's just, just some speculation but he got removed from that fight with Kovalev to fight for the title. And so, you know, Marcus Brown has the 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 bad decision going against him. He's got the fact that he's with Al Heyman, which comes with a world of criticism already. And then the fact that he had his um, little run-in with the law. Nobody was talking about Marcus Brown. Nobody was, like... Deserved or not, nobody considered him at the, at the top at 175, and now he finds himself there. And um, really, I, I think this was the best way for him to do it. He could have fought Vosdick and won, and I don't think it would have been as good as this fight specifically because he beat the guy that everyone liked. Badu Jack, for some reason... Um, was the most liked guy at at um at 175 which is interesting because Badu Jack used to be hated if you just follow boxing recently oh, yeah. Badu Jack before he got knocked out by Derek Edwards was one of the most hated guys in boxing because he was with Mayweather Promotions Mayweather Promotions was new everyone thought that Badu Jack was getting shoved down their throat gets knocked out by Derek Edwards in the first round everyone's like Badu Jack he sucks I'm t- trying to tell you and then uh up, I think after the DeGale fight, people just started to give him the respect that he deserves. Or maybe was it beating George Groves? Uh, maybe I think it was George cumulative. Groves. Yeah, I mean, I think Groves is, even after beating him, Groves' stock continued to climb um, <laughs> until he got knocked out recently. But yeah, the people looked at that win really highly, the DeGale win, yeah. I mean, it's also just the way that he fights, you know, the, that he would get better as fights go on, that he really fought well to the body. I mean, he really was like a fight fans fighter. Yeah. And so now Brown beat that guy. And now I don't know that that makes Brown like a, a baby face in the division like Badu Jack. Certainly he was trying not to be. He was cutting a heel promo after the fight. But Marcus Brown. <laughs> and all um, during fight week, yeah. Yeah, but Marcus Brown basically announced himself. Like this was a coming out party for him. He's he's good on the mic. That's, what, that's I think, one of the biggest takeaways is that he's good on the mic. He can sell a fight. I think they need to put him um, in – 
I think I'm probably answering the next question. Yeah, so let's just um, move on. Let's just, before we talk about what's next for Marcus Brown, let's first talk about um, if we're going to attribute blame to the reason why Badu Jack lost his fight, like what percent is age and what percent is game Marcus Brown's game plan and Marcus Brown's ability? Um, I would say that 70% of Brown's win is because he had a great game plan, that he fought the right fight, that he was actually better than Badu Jack. And 30% was age. We can't take that away. Um, we, we just we can't take away the fact that Badu Jack is getting up there in age. Marcus Brown is a young guy. I've spoke for a while now about light heavyweight being a division full of old guys. And it's time for the young guys to start taking over. And we will see that. And that's actually what we've seen. Brown executed really well early. Um, just when you thought that Badu Jack was going to come on, he never did. Brown knew that at the beginning of the fight, he had to come out really strong, take all those early rounds, and he did. And he prevented Badu Jack from getting in there and stealing rounds like Jack is known to do. And, um, you know, there's the whole conversation of the cut, sure. Did the cut play play a, a big a big uh, role in the fight? I don't think so. I think Badu Jack was already going to lose the fight. I, the, 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 the cut didn't help anything, but it certainly um, didn't change how the fight was going in my opinion i think badu jack was just gonna lose this fight from after the first four rounds it just was clear badu jack was not winning uh do you agree with me um i yeah mostly um i think i would lump age with um brown's uh hand speed power you know physical talents um yeah, again, I do feel a bit bad for Badu Jack. It's easy in hindsight to say that it wouldn't have mattered that Brown was doing well enough early. But, you know, it, so many of Jack Jack's fights have been a story of, you know, two fights in the first half versus the second half. The Gale fight was like that. The Stevenson fight was like that, where it was, you know, maybe he wasn't getting dominated, but, you know, he was it was at least competitive early. And then he really dominated down the home stretch. So I I, I, I still that, you know, you're just not going to be able to convince me otherwise. I mean, I, I really do just feel that Jack's best chance to do something uh, was removed from the equation. So, um, yeah, I think that's my comment on that. Well, what do you say to this? Badu Jack was the one who was jumping in with his head. Oh, right. I don't view Marcus Brown as a villain and Jack as a victim per se. I mean, Jack's a victim of circumstances, but, you know, you have a Southpaw versus an Orthodox fighter. It happens. It just, you know, the way that it happened was so crazy. I mean, you, Do you know, think well, as Jack I said, is this is the, for the, the second Sing, the second worst cut I've ever seen. Responsible, no. I, I don't. I don't think he was trying to make it happen. I mean, sometimes that does happen in boxing, right? That fighters are very active with their upper body movement or their head movement. They have some sense of where it's going to be. You know, they wouldn't mind if a cut happens. I mean, look at almost all of Bernard Hopkins's fights in the second half of his career. You know, one way or another, his opponent would end up getting cut, and he would always say, "Oh, you know, not me," but it would always happen, and it, it always seems suspect. I don't think that's what happened here. I, I think this was pure chance. Do you think? Do you think one of them uh, was trying to do? something here no but i definitely think that badu jack has nobody to blame but himself for suffering that cut because he was the one who led with his head and um i mean look that's his style like i i don't think that this was un unavoidable you had a southpaw versus uh, an orthodox fighter wait, wait wait did i get this wrong 
Stu, look that up. Is Marcus Brown a southpaw? I can't remember. Yes. Okay, good. Um, I'm remembering correctly. That's good. But yeah, Marcus Brown, uh, you know, we always say southpaw orthodox. You can see headbutts, and that's what we saw. Uh, what do you think is next for Marcus Brown? Next for Marcus Brown, as I already alluded to this a little bit. He's kind of in a tight spot. I think uh, I see two possibilities. Um, one, I see um, the PBC trying to get him, you know, just as shorthand the PBC, but, you know, his management, his team, um, trying to get him um, in a title shot by, like, say, Perspit situation. Um, I think that's extremely possible. He's highly ranked all over the place. Um, he has an interim belt here. So I could definitely see that happening. Um, Brown has never seemed to, to me to be the type of guy who's really chomping at the bit to be super active. Like, I don't think that's going to kill him if he needs to wait six months or a year to make that happen or if he needs to make some crappy fights in the interim. I mean, I think he'll be happy to sit in that slot. The other possibility, which I think is not impossible, would uh, be for him to be the latest PBC guy or Heyman guy to sign with a different TV situation than the PBC. You know, Jacob still will say he's advised by Al Heyman, but, you know, in order to get the biggest fights, he had to go a different route. I think that's possible with Marcus Brown as well. But I, I think for the time being, he's well enough situated with the sanctioning bodies. I think he's just going to chase a belt, where, whoever that ends up being. I don't think he's afraid. I think he's reached the point in his career where, you know, he that's the best chance for him to make money he's not afraid to lose if he has to, you know, it's not like he's, the point is, it's not like he stands to gain a lot of money by sitting on his undefeated record. You know, it's like his one path to make money is if he can win a title from somewhere. So I think he's just, you know, they're going to play the games behind the scenes and try to maneuver him in one of those slots. Um, As far as which one, you know, Vosdick seems like the most likely, but anyway, what do you think? Well, I I definitely think you're right that there's a lot of potential that Heyman ships him off and says, Hey, look, we're going to send you over to, to ESPN because that's where the most opportunities are there for you. And um, we'll do the negotiating so you can get paid. But for the most part, we uh, think that this is the best move for you right now while we don't have a lot of uh, opportunities for you here. I think uh, Marcus Brown, though, is going to get an easy first defense. I think that you know, there's there's interesting long-term plans that they could use for him, and I just we both laid out the whole sending him off to ESPN or maybe even days in um, to get the fights. And I think that there's another path for him, and I think that's he's going to be the mandatory for two for two titles. I think what we could possibly see is they say let's play the the the, the let's play the game. We'll go to these purse bids, and we're going to win them. And if we lose them, fine, but we're going to win these purse bids. And so they got to go to a purse bid with top rank and outbid them. And and they've already done it before. They've already they won the Stevenson Vosdick, and they maybe they say we'll win it again. And then also um, that then if if they want to go with Bivol, we know that Matchroom can't win a purse bid. <laughs> And now you're bringing in, uh, you're you're having title fights on, on you know PBC, whether it be Showtime or whether it be Fox. I, I think that's a game plan that they that they could go with too, because there's just really aren't a lot of opponents uh, signed with PBC at the moment for for Marcus Brown. Like, I mean, I was just looking at the roster, and it's like we're looking at Edwin Rodriguez if he beats Andrew Fonfara as as an opponent for Marcus Brown. Like, I I don't want to see that, um, but 
that's what we're looking at. You know, I don't want to see Ahmed Albiali fighting Marcus Brown. Yeah. Oh God, Albiali. Yeah, that one's there. You know, I'll, I'll just add one more note to something that you mentioned about the purse bids. You know, that's the thing. It's like it, people get caught up about this thing about winning a purse bid and how much that means. Like Spence made a, a pretty good amount of money and had a very good situation for his career when he fought Cal Brook. You know, Eddie Hearn. I, it, that technically wasn't a purse bid, but they basically said in absence of a purse bid, like, we'll do a deal based on how a purse bid would end up. You know, that that's sort of like the, the grounds of their negotiation for that fight. You know, there's so many purse bids right now that are such high numbers. I think, you know, if there ends up being like, you know, a $2 million purse bid for that fight, I think he would be more than happy to, you know, take his challenger split of that. You know, it's not like he's making a huge amount of money now. Um you know, it's the the crazy world we live in. I mean, if DAZN and Top Rank want to fight over a purse bid for that fight, like, <laughs> you know, the fighters are the ones who win in that situation. You know, the, the the promoters might be overpaying for the fight, the network might be overpaying for the fight, but the fighters are making out like bandits right now. Okay, whose win was more impressive, Marcus Brown's upset win over Badu Jack, or Caleb Plant's upset win over Jose Uzcategui? That is a fantastic question. Um, when I saw that on the show notes, I hadn't thought of that angle. It's really interesting. Um, I think without question, um, Brown's win is more impressive. I just respect um, Jack a lot more than I do Uskategi. Um he, he was more dominant, I feel, than Plant was. Plant got hurt a few times. But there's no question following the social media reaction, Plant seems to have gotten a ton more out of it. I mean, Plant has become this little darling. I mean, you know, he proposed to Jordan Hardy after the fight, which, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of fight fans' emotions are mixed for different reasons about that. But, you know, that blew up. Uh, his highlights blew up. I mean, I posted a highlight on Reddit, which, like, people were going crazy over. Like, I was really surprised at the, how positive that reaction was especially since so many people seem to view him as overrated to begin with. So, I mean, I think that turnaround was very impressive for him. As far as So as far as me, as far as trying to be a purist, I'm more impressed with what Brown did and what that says about him as a fighter. Um, as far as Plant, though, I mean, as, as far as the trajectory of their stardom, um, if I had to buy stock in one, there's no question I would buy stock in Plant um, in terms of the boost he's getting off that win as opposed to Brown's. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Caleb Plant. I think... More impressive? Yeah. Is that the phrasing? Okay. Mm -hmm. More impressive win. Yeah, you took a, a more uh, general perspective on like their careers and stuff. But I'm going to take Caleb Plant because while... You know, I, I think Marcus Brown won this fight. It was independent of Badu Jack's age. It was independent of the cut. Marcus Brown, uh, you know, this was a good win, but like... What Caleb Plant did in his fight, see, what what was so impressive about the, the Plant fight was that Uzkategi actually looked good in the fight. There were moments where he got the better of Caleb Plant. There were moments where he, there was a moment where he had Caleb Plant hurt. So you know that Caleb Plant beat somebody who was still very good. Badu Jack looks like maybe he's done. And we will see in his next fight. Uh, just how he looks, and that could diminish the what we get from looking at this win by Marcus Brown. But Uzkategi still looks good. Caleb Plant um, really just beat him uh, in every way, and I think Caleb Plant's win was better. Now, whose whose future looks better? That's a completely different question. One we can get in for get into for another day. 
Um, what's next for Badu Jack? What's next for Badu Jack? I'm going to, I will, <laughs> you just said that's a question for another day, but now I want to answer it. One other very important thing with Caleb Plant. No, I was talking about Caleb Plant. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Caleb Plant, I, yeah, I do want to talk about that very, very quickly. PBC's lineup at 168 stacked. Uh, PBC's lineup at 175 empty. So that's another reason, again, Plant is in such a better shape than Brown is coming off of this. Anyway, what's next for Jack? That is, oh man, as someone who's a big fan of Badu Jack, I mean, I really feel for him. As, as, as sort of difficult as the situation is for Brown, much, much worse for Jack coming off the loss. I mean, he amazingly doesn't seem to be that impaired by the cut. I mean, I'm astounded by that. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I think he's good enough to win a title again. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like when you see a division like this, which is so... Um, there's so much competition for those belts. I mean, and especially a bunch of the guys are younger than him. Um, so many other divisions, I'd say no problem. He could pick up a belt somewhere, you know, especially if you're talking about like top rank with like the WBO in their pocket or something. But um, I think it's going to be really hard for him. I mean, I think he seems to have a good enough relationship with Showtime. You know, he is uh, a Mayweather promotions fighter and Showtime loves Mayweather promotions. Um, this fight was not a title fight and it's still got, you know, co uh you know was the 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 it wasn't really the co-main but you know it was it was the top of the undercard top build on the undercard got got a lot of promotion um i could see showtime potentially doing some business with him but yeah i i, I feel for him it's it's a bad bad set of circumstances w- what about you do you have a sense of where well, he's gonna go i mean i think he's in trouble i think his style already before before even coming into this fight before suffering the cut before losing he doesn't have the style that makes it clear he wins fights. I mean, we think he wins fights, but like he didn't beat Lucien Boutte. He walked out with a draw. So that's a problem. And it looks like he's fallen a step behind the division and a division that's getting younger. Marcus Brown is a young guy and Bivol, a young guy. All these guys uh, are young now. And I think it's possible Jack can get himself in contention for another title fight, but I don't think he's going to win it. You think he'll win another title? I don't think so. I think uh, what I saw last night, I can't I can't say that I think Badu Jack is going to win another title. I think he can be good enough to get there, but he is not winning a world title. I mean, yeah, maybe he can beat up Anthony Yard, but like, who wouldn't? <laughs> that's, that's possible. Um, any any response to that? No, I mean, there. I I think I just don't want to believe that that's the end for him. But yeah, I I see everything you're seeing as far as this being a really tough set of circumstances for him. You know, he's old, and there's a lot of competition for those belts. I really don't know what he's going to do. Um. Then we had Nordin Ubali who won a unanimous decision over Rashi Warren. Uh, it was a good fight. I thought it would be a good fight. Um, Rashi Warren is is typically in good fights, and he may have come up short as he's come up short in the past. But like he's a guy that he fights at a high enough level that he's still a good fighter, and and he still makes for interesting fights. And Ubali has a really interesting style. These guys, uh, it was just it wasn't like an all action slugfest, but it was um, a really high pace. Uh, chess match and Ubali got the win. 
Hugo Ruiz won a decision over Alberto Guevara, which was a glorified sparring session. Uh, might have been a little wink-wink deal that uh, nobody was going to get hurt in that one, and everyone would go home happy, as Pauli Malignaggi um, kind of alluded to. So, <laughs> were you surprised that the event was a sellout? Uh, yes. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, there was also that crazy plot line uh, of the fight week about Pacquiao buying so many tickets, <laughs> which you really have to wonder what that was about, if that was partly related to how his purse was done or, you know, taxes. I mean, you know, as far as trying to expense that, I, I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, that 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 sideshow element aside, very surprised. What about you? Um, I was actually surprised. I Like, I thought the fight was going to be successful, but I didn't think it was going to be a huge hit. And I, I basically was of the mindset that if you take Manny Pacquiao's absence from America, the fact that he's lost, the fact that um, he just hasn't looked like Manny Pacquiao, that there wouldn't be such a big demand to see him fight. And then, uh, you know, everyone knows about Adrian Broner. We know what he's all about at this point. So I thought Brilliant. that... Yeah, well, <laughs> Uh, that, you know, this fight would do well, but not like super well to the point that we're going to see a sellout. And uh, I'm pretty surprised. It was a great uh, crowd, sold out. It's probably going to do a very nice gate. The tickets were super expensive. They're more expensive for the for than the Canelo uh, fielding fight. Uh, they, they were your standard Vegas prices. So these guys probably made a lot of money at the gate. And uh, the big question is, how many buys do you think that the fight's going to do? Yeah, so very, very quick response to the prior point. I just, I, I think, like, I'm reminded of something like uh, how good of a job the PBC's done building up the Barclays Center as, like, a territory. You know, they can, beyond individual, like, a lot of people wonder when the PBC was going, like, why aren't they trying to build up more of these people as hometown attractions? And what you saw them do instead was really try to build up, like, the Barclays Center, specifically in some of these other areas, as, like, territories, where they could just put on... PBC boxing and the event would do really well. And you saw a lot of events where people thought like these guys aren't super draws. Like, you know, uh, for instance, like Jack DeGale did, I think something like 12,000 seats, you know, and they've done just really a good job putting on events at that level. And I think, you know, Pacquiao and Broner, Vegas knew what to do with that. You know, that was a Vegas fight. I think that was savvy promoting, um, you know, and again, speaks of the, the, the disconnect between hardcore fans and, and casual fans and, you know, the people who actually buy expensive tickets to these events as far as the buys again no idea like um you know could have been more of a successful vegas event than a pay-per-view event or again it might have more more casual crossover appeal than we think um my gut says you know it's so weird because like this did so much less traffic than like fury uh wilder everywhere that that we pay attention to numbers you know but like did great uh, numbers in Vegas. Like, do you, do you have a hunch numbers? There's something you're really leaning towards. This is going to sound crazy, but I think it's going to do, uh, 500,000 buys. Yeah. It's, it both sounds nuts, but also seems plausible, you know, given how the, how successful the gate was. I mean, you're over here trying to be Dave Meltzer giving pay-per-view numbers based off of social media activity. Like Dave Meltzer legitimately uses Google trends to, uh, ballpark pay-per-view figures by the way, just exposing the business a little bit for you guys right there, um, which like obviously has no basis in reality. But I think it's probably going to do 500,000 buys, and that's um, pretty damn good. It, I, I, <laughs> I don't have any 
metrics I'm looking at. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just like the the read of of the fight and the the interest in you know the fact that it was a sellout in Vegas with pretty high ticket prices. Uh, the fact that it's Manny Pacquiao, the fact that it's Adrian Broner, um, the fact that it was where it was at without mainstream coverage. I mean, ESPN specifically made a point not to cover the fight. They, 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 Max and Stephen A slipped in a little reference to it, but they didn't talk about it the way they talked about other fights in the past. I mean, just on a little tangent, then that brings us to Chris Mannix's uh, idiotic tweet that said, um, why does it... Why does Inside PBC Boxing not cover other boxing? And it's like, dude, because it's called Inside PBC Boxing, and they do talk about other boxing, by the way. But um, it's not like, like, and he says like, no other sports league does that. And it's like, oh yeah, because the jump on, uh, on ESPN does covers the Euro League, right? And uh, Inside the NFL and NFL Countdown, those those shows cover the CFL, right? <laughs> It, it I, I mean, yeah, it's not comparison. really worth, you know. But um, but I, I think that it was going to be pretty strong. And again, I think sometimes we get ourselves kind of caught in this bubble of like being inside of boxing and, and we, we have an echo chamber of our own opinions, which, you know, for most of us is like this isn't like the greatest fight, nothing to be super excited about. And uh, – but – that's not the mainstream uh, belief about the fight or so I think we will see of course, but I think it's going to be good. 500,000 probably I could be like so off, but I'm pretty sure I really just don't have a hot take here. I mean, I could make up something, but I just don't. All right. Um, That's going to wrap it up. We only were able to do this card. We want to, we don't want to do a three hour long podcast. So part two will be tomorrow where, where we will review the, the days in card. We'll review the top rank card on ESPN. Um, we're going to get into the news. Canelo's fighting uh, Jacobs, and also, I want to announce that we're going to do a giveaway. I don't know when we'll do the giveaway. It'll be within. Uh, it won't be on tomorrow's episode, but it will be um, maybe in a week from a week from now after the Thurman fight. Um, there's a new book, a new boxing book. It's like a picture book with a lot of stories and. Uh, um, pictures of Ali, uh, of you know, just boxing history. It's a picture book, and uh, with stories, and, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna give one of those away. Uh, the publishers contacted me; they're gonna send me one to give away to one of you listeners. So I'm open for ideas of how exactly we should give away this book, and um, what we should do. Should I sign it? Should I not sign it? Should I, uh, I don't know. You know what I really want is I want Tony Weeks to auction off his shirt from last night. I mean, that was just crazy. Again, talking about the, the viral elements that came out of the fight. I mean, who would have expected that? So yeah, that's it for this week's edition of the podcast. I'm open to any suggestions around um, how best to give away this book. Someone's going to message me and be like, <laughs> Uh, just give me the book. I'll, I'll, I like a personalized message. I think that's good. I, I'm not going to sign it because what if somebody starts using my signature to make fraudulent uh, checks? So you'll have to invent a fake celebrity signature where <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have like lots of doodles in it. Yeah, uh, I like that actually. Um, so thanks for listening. Leave a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, whatever. 
however, wherever you listen to this podcast. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on, Tom. And we'll be back uh, very soon with another episode. Talk to you later, guys. Soldier boy, tell them. Gucci bandana. Gucci, Gucci bandana. Gucci bandana. Gucci, Gucci bandana. Gucci bandana. Gucci, Gucci bandana. Gucci bandana. Gucci, Gucci bandana.